Hello, and welcome to Jesus People Podcast. Jesus People is an intentional community in the Uptown neighborhood of Chicago. On today's episode, host Sarah Wright and myself, Chris Spicer, are going to interview Bronte Shule from Australia. So today we'll talk about being an international guest to Chicago and Jesus People USA and how it affected her life. Hello, and welcome to Jesus People Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sarah. Today we have a special treat. We're going to interview Bronte Shule. Bronte stayed with us for almost a year, and she came over to visit from Australia. So she was an international uh, visitor that came for a gap year. Yeah, for a whole year, she was an Australian encyclopedia for all of us Japuzans. Um, G'day, we mate. All, we learned all kinds of cool phrases. Yeah. yeah uh, like, Kazis are swimming suits. There apparently. you go. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. It took me a long time to catch on to that. So Bronte was here as part of a long-term internship uh, or a gap year, um, which is an option that we have for visiting here. It doesn't have to just be a few weeks. Um, So she's going to be sharing with us a little bit about her experience here, what it was like being um, here as an international visitor, um, experiencing Chicago and American culture. And she's going to touch on... on how it really affected her and how she was able to bring some of our community back to, to, to Australia and how it affected her life. So we're really uh, happy to have uh, Bronte with us today. Uh, Bronte was with us for uh, over a year, I believe, correct? Yeah. Oh, it was just under a year. Yeah. Just under a year. Uh, Sarah and I are really excited to, uh, to be able to talk to you. Welcome. Thank you. No, it's great to be able to, have a chance to chat with you guys and kind of talk about this. It's good. So um, how did how did you learn about Japuza and then how did you come to, to be here? Yeah, well, for me, um, I kind of grew up hearing about Japuza a lot um, as yeah. a kid. Um, both my parents stayed there um, at the end of the 80s. Um, first, my dad by himself uh, and then my mom and dad be- went back together um, once they were married. Yeah, and I just had heard about it being like, a place where you were challenged and you got to do life with people who were really wholeheartedly going after the Lord. I just always spoke about it as like just a really, a really good time of just kind of figuring out who you are and, and who you are to the Lord and who the Lord is to you as well. So I had always wanted to go. And then I kind of got to a place where I'd been working as a professional kind of in healthcare for a bit and just felt I need to do this now, otherwise I won't do it. And I'll be really, really sad that I never took this time. So, and I guess it was also kind of on a little bit of a background of kind of going, I feel like I've just got into a little bit of the humdrum of life, just doing the routine. And I kind of lost the why. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I want to go there, kind of be put outside my comfort zone and just figure out why am I doing what I'm doing and where is the Lord fitting in with this and how am I letting him direct things or how am I not letting him direct things as well? So, Right. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I actually, uh, full disclosure, your dad was a friend of mine uh, when he was here. He actually worked at Lakefront for a while and we worked together. So that was, that was awesome. Uh, I yeah. was really excited to, when you, when you came. Now you came here twice, correct? You were here for two different visits. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct, actually. Yeah. I um, came for three weeks first. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go. And on the down low, it was also to try and scope out if I felt like I could spend a bit longer there. Yeah. And I did the three weeks and I just came back and was like, I've just, it almost wasn't even really a question. Um, it was just like, yeah, of course I'm going to go back and spend 
longer there. I want to I want to do that, which kind of in retrospect was like, oh, okay, you're leaving two very stable jobs, great place, good community, like, and you're just going to uproot yourself and not know what you're coming back to. But it was kind of like a, just one of those things where you just know you've got to do it and it's going to be good and you're not quite sure what it's going to look like or what it'll turn, turn out being, but you sure. just got to do it. So, Oh, that's great. Yeah. So for anybody that uh, is curious about uh, coming and doing a long-term internship like Bronte, there is that option for you to come and kind of scope it out a little bit, spend a couple of weeks with us and decide if this is a good fit for you. Um, You don't have to commit to like a full year right off the bat. Um, We definitely want people to come and, and see if this is a lifestyle that that works with them and their personality and where they are in life and um and just see if this is what you're looking for so in coming here what were your biggest expectations for your time here um living in community and your uh walk with the lord i found it kind of hard to because i was thinking about that question and i find it a little bit hard because i kind of wasn't really exactly sure what i wanted it to be um i was trying to just take it with open hands really but I guess in saying that, though, I've thought about it more. I wanted to be challenged and I wanted to be put outside my comfort zone. And at different times, definitely that those two things occurred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, pick the right place. Yeah, exactly. And the right time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah look, I mean, <laughs> did not know we were going to have a global pandemic whilst I was overseas. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but even in saying that, like, people have asked me since I've gone home, like, was it scary? Like, did you want to leave? And, and I was kind of, at no point did I think I wanted to leave. I was like, no, I want to stay for the time that I was going to. And I'm actually really thankful for the perspectives that I had while being here for it. Cause I, I just don't think in my middle-class white bubble at home and where I was living and just with the work I was doing, I just wouldn't have understood what the ramifications were of the pandemic for other people. Um, so I'm really grateful for that perspective and not to knock you guys, but I'm very grateful for the Australian healthcare system <laughs> since coming home. So like it was challenging, but it was like, I guess that's also what I wanted. I wanted to to get out of it. I wanted to have that challenge. So I guess more in terms of like the actual community life, I think getting to see and really understand what wholeheartedly loving people on an everyday basis looks like and what it costs you but also the huge rewards of it and I think also then just realizing man realizing as I was kind of doing things like um the transformation intensive course and just a few other things kind of realizing my own flaws as a person going oh gosh I'm trying to love and support people and it's coming from this broken place and then we're all trying to like help and support each other but just realizing like we've got no hope of doing that without the Lord like it really has to be his spirit that when we come away for that quiet time that that allows us to renew our hearts and be able to love people well with his love the challenge of realizing that dependence (laughs) was something I had to walk through yeah I guess it was just that challenge (laughs) um yeah yeah I'd say that that's a a really good way of putting it. So coming into communal living, um, it is definitely a different setup than your normal house with, you know, um, all the amenities. What were some of the things that that were hard for you, uh, like adjusting to? And then what were other things that 
that also you thought would be harder, but were actually easier? I, f- I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> I love, I mean, I've done, um, I've lived in share houses before with, I think uh, uh, the biggest one was like, I think it was like six people all up. Um, it was all six girls and we all survived, which was good. <laughs> um, but no, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I really enjoyed coming down and having breakfast with everybody and getting that opportunity to spend time and catch up and having dinner time, being able to like just, I really enjoyed going through the going through the dining room and getting your food and sitting down with different people and finding out how their day was and because everyone's working in different areas and kind of getting to find out what different jobs involved and how long they've been doing them and how how they enjoy them, how do they see the Lord helping them do like fixing cars and things like that. Um, so that was really cool. Um, so I kind of, I think I was expecting that to be maybe a little bit harder, but it wasn't, which was good. <laughs> I was trying to think, yeah, I didn't, I didn't find anything super, like anything super hard or really um, uncomfortable. I mean, it was interesting because I didn't expect there to be much of a cultural difference between Australia and America. Um, I was like, we have American TV, we have um, like music and everything. It, it'll, be, it'll be fine. But then actually getting here and sometimes just, I mean, aside from sounding like the weird Australian and having a weird name um, that everyone really struggled to pronounce initially. Um <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that one, but I got used to explaining my name. Um, it was expectations in terms of uh, how much you share about yourself. For like, Because like in Australia, it's like you don't share heaps about yourself straight away. Like you, you have to ask a bit more questions. So people be like, tell me about yourself. And I'm like, my name's Bronte. I'm from Australia. And I didn't realise that there would be an expectation that I'd give a fair amount of information. So I gradually learned that and got to share a bit more, more easily. I guess one thing, maybe I'd gone from living by myself um, and kind of doing my own thing, working as a professional and doing my own life. I, maybe I might've expected kind of a perceived potential change of level of independence because you're now you have to like sign out a car and things like that. But I didn't really feel, I didn't feel like that happened though. Like I very much was like, well, if you want to do something, you just organize, you can sign out a van and go with people to get awesome donuts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are you referring to the legendary mochi donuts that can be found at Gaijin Chicago off of Lake Street? Are you talking about those donuts, Bronte? Referring to those donuts that changed my life. Yes, I am. Every episode, Sarah does dig to try and find a food sponsor for our podcast. So <laughs> well, they they were I, closed for pandemic. They just opened last week, and I haven't gone to get the mochi donuts yet. Oh, they're so good, Chris. You got to get one. My wife went out for donuts tonight with someone. I don't know where she went. Usually, fire cakes. That's right. It's not too. the same. That's fire cakes is good, but. Mochi donuts will change your life. Yeah. Well, I might have to take my wife to Mochi Donuts because she loves donuts. At least sure. once a podcast, we do veer into food. Uh, it seems it's, <laughs> when Sarah's on the podcast, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's been every podcast. It's not just Sarah. We we all like okay. food. <laughs> okay. And it's it, Chicago. It is a cornerstone of our. It is a cornerstone of our community. Is it's a cornerstone of Chicago. Fellowship. Chicago is a food city. Yeah, it is. It's a food it city, is. So it's good it that we. we but okay. we digress. I've I've totally yeah. 
steered right out of that conversation. So, <laughs> so while we're talking about mochi donuts, uh, what would you say your favorite things about uh, being here in Chicago and uh, the uptown neighborhood where Bronte? I absolutely loved being near the lake. That was wonderful. Um, we're and, just a block away. Yeah, so. just like being able to um, yeah walk ten minutes um, and kind of have that space and kind of that time to like breathe deeply and just you kind of could you you don't feel like you're stuck in like a hustle and bustle at all like you can kind of come away and have this beautiful water in front of you and see snow on the sand that blew my mind <laughs> I was not <laughs> snow falling and just how much there was was not prepared for that did lose my mind over that a little bit yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. And like it's a it is a great neighborhood. I enjoy I really love the diversity there. And I like the connectedness of Chicago as well. Like I heard one person kind of said it was like people from kind of all around that have kind of grown up in small towns end up kind of coming to Chicago. So there's kind of like bigger city, but people still like help each other out and that kind of like vibe of community still kind of runs through. And that was really cool to kind of see. Yeah, it was just I really and, and like the street art and things like that. I just yeah, I thought it was a great neighborhood. I really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, I will say one thing about Uptown is it's one of the least segregated neighborhoods I believe in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's Asian uh, population here, and there's a huge Russian population right here in Uptown, and you know you have the Hispanic, you, you have everything. So it is kind of nice. It's a, it's a, a bit of a melting pot in Chicago yeah. in Uptown itself, which is 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 pretty awesome about this area. I love it. And just to bring it back to the food, I think that's also why the food is so good because you've got everybody from all over and they bring their like the food that they do best. And it's like, oh. So while you were here, walk us through a, uh, your day. What, what was your job while you were here at, at in Chicago at Japuza? Yeah, so um, I guess that kind of flicks into two uh, two components kind of pre and post COVID. Um, sure. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, so I was over at CCO. And um, when I initially started, so I was working okay, real, at... A disclaimer, CCO, Cornerstone Community Outreach. Yes, sorry, which, Cornerstone Community Outreach. Which, which, is, which is our... Uh, tell, tell, let, let people know what CCO is real quick. Just. So it's a transitional shelter that, um, uh, that Jesus People have been running for over 30 years now, I think mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Um, and it's housing over 300 people, I think, at the moment, feeding up to 500 people a day. So, and it's... Um, single men, single women's women, single women with children, then also families program. And I think that families program makes them quite unique, yeah. um, being able to keep families together, um, which is fantastic. So um, my role over there was the volunteer coordinator. So um, that was organizing for university groups, college groups, high school groups, youth groups um, to come and be involved in what was happening at the shelter. Um, that could be as simple as like serving a meal or it could be helping out in the free store, which is out, which is the, was the, um, the kind of like free access, kind of like an op shop or a, what do you guys call it? Not an op shop. We call it an op shop. Uh, opportunity. Uh, thrift store. Thrift store. There we go. <laughs> yeah. We call it a thrift store. Okay. So it's opportunity shop in Australia. And then being Australia, we shorten it as much as we can. So it becomes op shop. So there you go. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's like the, the thrift store there, but people could come and just take what they needed. They didn't have to pay for it because I think it was like 80% of the people that go mm -hmm. through the doors have no income whatsoever. So even going to a thrift store wasn't a possibility. 
yeah, so you'd kind of take um, groups there. They'd be involved in just kind of helping doing what needed to be done and just getting a chance to kind of talk about, like, what are their, what are their thoughts around homelessness? Like, what are your uh, ideas of people who are experiencing homelessness? Like, what do you assume about them? Where do those assumptions come from? Now we've kind of been talking about a few different things. You've seen what it's like here, how have those assumptions changed? Um, what are things that you can then go and do in your own community um, to support people who are experiencing homelessness or at risk of experiencing homelessness. So I really enjoyed that. I really like working with people and connecting with people. And it's it's interesting. It's kind of, I found that like when I first got there, I was like, man, there are so many things that I kind of believe about people who are in this situation that aren't true, that mm-hmm. I've just kind of picked up along the way and see those assumptions and change them or replace them with truth. Yeah, and then so then things changed um, on the other side of COVID. Well, we're, we're not on the other side yet. We're still in it. Um, but when it happened, um, so we unfortunately weren't then able to have any volunteers. So um, the kitchen staff at the shelter kind of got hit the hardest by that because the volunteer support is just so vital for them. So having no volunteers to coordinate, I then became a volunteer. <laughs> so um I was just in the kitchen most days kind of helping there, um, just preparing preparing meals. And, I mean, that was a big change that occurred anyway for them and that team did a great job in terms of switching how they did meals because you had to then package everything up and all these meals had to then get taken across to the individual programs um, because we couldn't have everybody coming down to the dining room because you're mixing right. all together and that's obviously a definite no-go. So, yeah, and then I was kind of just jumping in in different places um, as was needed, I think, because, yeah, we had a, um, the, we had to like, clear out the second floor, um, which was our single women's program, when they ended up having to go to hotel quarantine. Um, so it was kind of using that as an opportunity to repaint everything and then move all the beds and reset everything. So you're kind of just jumping in and doing those sorts of projects. So, yeah, I mean, that was kind of, that was good. And that's kind of, I guess, a theme of Jupuza itself would be like you kind of have your individual job, but there's always so many other things going on that you can be involved in and kind of help out with. So, which is good because you're never kind of kind of bored. <laughs> there's always something to do at Cornerstone. Uh, yes, at Cornerstone there certainly is. Yeah. So, so we've kind of talked about um, how you learned about us, how you came to be here, a little bit of the process of getting here. And I'm actually the most curious to know um, the flip side of it, um, what the impact was on your life now that you've gone back to, um, air quotes, regular life. After your visit ended, um, how did your stay here impact your, your daily life um, and your, your viewpoints and also uh, your spiritual life, your walk with God? I guess I'll kind of say first that coming home was a bit weird. Um, firstly, I did two weeks in hotel quarantine. So coming into Australia, we have mandatory hotel quarantine. So it's two weeks by myself in a hotel room, um, which the Lord was so good to me. I got a good hotel room and the food was good and I was very, very blessed. Um, and that was kind of nice having that pause to kind of go from this now family overseas to then going I've left that space and having a pause and before I kind of re-entered air quote normal life um back in Australia yeah and that was kind of 
good to kind of grieve, I guess, a little bit and just kind of take a moment. And then uh, when I did kind of come out of quarantine, um, even being at home was a bit weird because life was different. Life has changed because of COVID. Like it was like, I'm home, but things are different anyway. So that was kind of a little bit like put me off a little bit off kilter, I think, because it wasn't even like I could just kind of like sink back into what was. It helped me wake up to a lot of things um, around social justice in terms of lack of equal access to healthcare and all the issues that impact there and make that um, occur for some people and not for some people. And the assumptions that you just absorb (laughs) in just society unless you actually challenge them. And so I think coming home, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't, I feel like I've become awake to a lot of things whilst being in America, um, particularly for the time that I was there. And I don't want to fall asleep to them again now that I'm back home in a space where those issues aren't as kind of like uh, in my vision all the time. I kind of wrestled that with that kind of going, well, what do I, what do I do now? And I feel like I kind of being there, I was like, okay, I feel like I've started to uh, wrestle with the concept of what is meaningful work for me. Like what actually brings me joy? Um, What are the gifts that I feel like the Lord's given me and how am I actually using those in work? How am I actually surrendering those to the Lord and kind of going, Lord, I feel like you've shown me these things. What do you actually want me to do with them? And it took me uh, quite a bit to start to figure that out. I did definitely, though, when I came home, I was like, I feel like the growth, the reality of um, the issue of homelessness kind of became uh, quite alive for me there. I was like, I want to be involved. I don't know what homelessness looks like in my own country, really, or let alone in my own community. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. I've never been involved with it. So I um, started um, I started working at a young women's refuge. So I kind of just do that on a kind of casual sort of basis. Um, and that's working with young girls that are 16 to 24 that are single, um, that have kind of come from kind of varying backgrounds. Um, and that's been really good to kind of get an understanding of how homelessness and how those issues look like in my own kind of like home turf. So, um, <clears throat> that's something that I think has been helping me kind of keep awake to it. Um, it is very tempting to kind of fall asleep to it again, though, I will say very much like particularly where I live, it's, you don't see people really on the street or if you do, it's very, it's quite rare. Um, so it's like the issue of homelessness is there, but it kind of shows up very differently. So it's kind of been good to be able to plug into all what's actually going on in my community and how can I help there? Yeah, I think it definitely impacted my walk with the Lord and wanting to not just do routine not just do life I was like Lord I want to be living a life of purpose but it's a purpose that you've you've given me um not one that I kind of craft or figure out based on what I can do or what my strengths are but it's what have you actually called me to do so Mm. um I'm still kind of figuring it out (laughs) I feel like my time in Japuza was really really important for um slowing me down and kind of breaking away the layers of things that I use to identify myself and give myself value and kind of orient myself and kind of come back to, well, Lord, who do you say I am and what have you given me to do while I'm Mm. here? So, Yes. Amen, sister. Preach. That, 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 I I feel emotional knowing (laughs) that 
it's it's changed you for both uh, social justice and 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 looking into homelessness in your in your area. That 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 makes that that makes me feel like we're making a difference around the world. And 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 thank you for those words because that really does hit home with me. And and knowing that okay, yeah, I never have thought about what does it do to people that have visited here for a time and it's affected them and how is that going to affect where they go back to? So that really makes me so happy hearing that, that you've stayed involved and, and looked at things differently because of, of what you've seen here. And you were, I mean, social justice, you were here during a really crazy time of social justice change in, in, in America. So yeah, that, that says a lot. Thank you. Yeah. We're just a few hours away from, uh, um, from George Floyd and and where all of that happened and and you were here when that was happening and I know while you were here that also prompted um, a lot of comments about just um, for you specifically um, and like being in Australia um, the way your native people um, and like minority groups were were treated differently um, just as you know we have issues with uh, different race issues uh here in the united states but i know we did have a, a couple conversations about that about how um that kind of opened your eyes to um to those issues in your own country and what that looked like yeah yeah and that's that's something that i'm incredibly grateful for and is something that i'm still having my eyes open to and i think it's just that what why do you believe what you believe and where did you pick it up who mm-hmm. told you that what is that based on um and i think and then also on top of that well where is the lord's truth in that how is mm-hmm. he seeing the individual people there and what would his heart be where is the justice where is the lack of justice yeah so still very much walking in that space and have got a lot of growing and learning and unlearning to do but that is something i'm really profoundly grateful for that i was there and I was with people that were wanting to have hard conversations and to get uncomfortable and own own privilege and own uncomfortable things that needed to be seen and needed to be broken down and um and allow place for lament and mm-hmm. and pain and brokenness and then start to well just I think even allow it to be there and be like this needs to happen like this sadness needs to happen and we need to pay attention to it and then kind of go well how what where do I need to start where do I need to grow what do I need to challenge and break down and rebuild so yeah that's something I'm really grateful for we're still holding sun- signs every Sunday every, every Sunday we're still going out every Sunday and doing it I think we've missed two when it was like below zero that was it I think that was a privilege to stand there with you guys and doing so holding the yeah. signs on the road yeah so every Sunday afternoon, we hold a silent vigil down Wilson Avenue, where our building is, um, and we spread out down the street, and we all hold a name, a sign with a name, Black people who have died at the hands of, of police violence, um, and their stories are attached to each of the boards, um, so you can read about them and be prepared to have a conversation with a community member. Um, so someone in the neighborhood, people passing by or uh, driving 
um, you know, coming in and out of shops, uh, just being there in that space um, to say, we see this, we see that it's wrong. Um, and we, we're here with you and we want to uh, support you. Um, but just being willing to have the hard conversations and, and in holding that space, we've gotten a lot of feedback uh, from the neighborhood of just people saying, thank you so much for doing this. Like I've experienced something like this in our own, in my own neighborhood, uh, you know, here in Chicago. And uh, it feels so validating to be seen and to understand that this is is happening even here mm-hmm. um and so it's a really important space to hold um it this isn't like a you know we're not doing this for for show um this is this is a willingness to 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 be in that space with them every mm-hmm. every sunday um for a couple of hours um rain snow um until it, until we hit the negative numbers, but absolutely. So for for me, like the social justice aspect is is huge, obviously. Um, but what really resonates with me is um, finding, like like you said, peeling away those layers and finding out who the Lord says you are. Um, and yes, we have those those good things, those gifts and talents things that we excel at and sometimes our identity gets wrapped up in those things and it's going to be different in different stages of your life uh, obviously because you're not going to be doing the same thing you know the lord's going to keep um moving you and growing you and and that's going to mean letting go of some things and embracing other things um or learning new things growing into them and so i guess my question is just like what was that process for you? Um, what did that look like coming into this? Mm. And and then I guess coming out of it. I mean, I, I got a tattoo while I was, I was um, over there, much to my mother's disdain. <laughs> but I told her that was going to happen. Anyway, yeah, for me, and the, the tattoo is, is waves. Um, I got it on my forearm. And the reason it was significant for me was... Um, Having, um, I remember it was having a time um, out at the lake one night and I'd just been feeling like a bit overwhelmed um, and really lonely, which I was frustrated by because I was surrounded by so many people. But it was just this thing of, guys, just going out and just feeling really frustrated and just sitting in, like standing, just having the wind blow on me and hearing the waves and and just, I think, getting to a point of kind of to the end of going, I can just kind of manage this myself. Like, um, uh, and just, I think for the first time getting to a point of really crying out to the Lord of just being like, I don't know what to do. And it was kind of, it was a little bit of a, like, um, that was also kind of a sucky part. I think part of coming as well was like, I wanted to find purpose because, I wasn't feeling it at home and it was this kind of this yucky realization of like, Oh crap. I, I can't even go. If I go to another country, another community, another place, this still is the same. Like I almost like, I can't run from this. This is still here. Um, and kind of getting that space out at the lake of just being like, fine. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this Lord. And just, um, and it's like noisy because of the wind and the waves. And it was, and it was just that small, quiet voice of being like, 
I've been waiting for you to kind of get to that point with me, like of just being like, I don't need you to be all together. I don't need you to having an idea of what's next. This is where I come in. This is what I'm, this is who I am. This is why I made you. And um, receiving that was really, really powerful. Um, So, um, yeah, it wasn't pleasant (laughs) getting to that point. Um, and I did, I mean, I found like doing the transformation intensive was really helpful. And then also then further than that, doing um, the Enneagram was really good. Finding out I'm a type seven and already have an underlying fear of never having enough and that I'll run around life. <laughs> yeah. I'm a um, seven. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah's a seven I'm a too. seven too. <laughs> Woo! Seven to nine. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, kind of like, oh, so, like, there's a little bit more to this feeling that I'm, like, worried that I'll never find my purpose sort of thing or, like, I'll never, like, finally kind of do what I'm meant to do. So that was kind of helpful in kind of, like, chinking a few things in place. And I think that's why coming to Japuza and doing the longer time is good because you kind of, you really get into those challenges of community life, which I think really brings out those sort of things which in normal life you can kind of, like, go catch up with people and be like, oh, yeah, it's fine, blah, 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 blah. And then you get home, you're like, oh, or like this is actually really hard. I don't want to deal with this. But when you're in community, the thing that I found really helpful and just painful but very growing was that thing of being seen mm. and receiving the grace of kind of all like facing that fear of being seen, of like thing. but what if someone really sees me when I feel like I'm at my worst and I'm, I'm stuffing up? Um, and then experiencing that and then experiencing grace and people mm. going, yeah, man, being there sucks. How can I, let's, let's either, let's talk about it. Let's go for a walk. How can we pray about it? What's the Lord speaking to you about through this? Or maybe going, you are acting pretty janky and I'm going to call you out on it because I love you and I know where your heart is and this is not who you are as a person. Um, so that's really invaluable. And I think it was that kind of getting used to being seen and then starting to kind of overcome that fear and then finally be able to bring that sort of seen self to the Lord in a way mm. that I hadn't been able to before. Um, and that was getting, yeah, allowed a lot of healing and a lot of grace to occur f- in in me. Um and that's been good since kind of coming home. Um, I feel like I've got to know myself a lot more and I'm more of an idea of how I authentically want to engage with my family, with my friends, with people at work and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I found that really invaluable. Uncomfortable, but invaluable. <laughs> so, Bronte, what would you say to someone that, that is considering coming on an extended visit, you know, maybe doing a gap year? or something at, uh, at Jesus people. Um, do you have any advice for them or? Um, I'd say if you're thinking about it, um, and it's possible for you, I would say doing the, just a couple of weeks to kind of dip your toes in and just see how, how you go would be a great way to kind of start. Um, <clears throat> and then from there, I would, I would just say, do it. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's, Look, it's not, it's going to be a year that involves um, so much joy and um, so much deep connection that you probably haven't had an opportunity to do in um, 
in just in everyday life. Um, it gives you such an appreciation for the power of community. Um, there will be times where you probably will feel really amidst amongst people <clears throat> coming away from normal, like your network, you probably will feel lonely um, at times, but pushing that's, I think it's just such an opportunity to allow the Lord to speak into those places that you've otherwise used other things to kind of fill or kind of tide you over. Um, so I think it gives you a great opportunity to um, do some great growing. Um, mm. So I'd say if you're not, sh if you're thinking about it, do it. I, they're fantastic people. I didn't make it a person I didn't really enjoy spending time with. Um, yeah, so I have to say do it. <laughs> awesome. So thank you so much. Uh, it was great seeing you again. Um, you know, it, it, we missed you here. Uh, you were such a big part. And, and, and let me just take this time to say thank you so much uh, for everything you did do here. Um, I know that uh, you, you, you did great things. And I think... Uh, we, we feel like you're a sister and you will be for the rest of, of our lives. Uh, and, and thank oh, you yeah. for, for, for joining us here. With Sarah Thanks, and I. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My second fam over there now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's one thing I did want to say is that once you come and stay, especially when you do a long-term stay, uh, you're one of us now, like you may move out and you're on with your life and we might, might not see you for a couple of years or a decade, but you're still, you're still one of the family. Yep. Amen to that. That's great. So thank you for joining us, taking some time out. I know uh, it's, it's night here and it's uh, afternoon there and uh, we're, we're interrupting your weekend, but uh, it was really great seeing you again. So thanks for visiting with us. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Bronte. Yeah. Thanks. thanks guys. Lovely to see you. Yep. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to like and subscribe on our platforms. Leave a review. Share with your family and friends. Uh, hit that notification bell so that you know when new episodes are coming out. And also, if you have any questions, any comments, or any topics that you would like for us to discuss on an episode of the Jesus People podcast, um, go ahead and send us an email at jppodcast at jpusa.org. And we would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in today.